Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. All right, I was sorry to be off yesterday, of all days, the Super Bowl, because so many people I saw in the news call in sick, et cetera, but it was just a little bug I had. Believe me, it was not from partying for the Super Bowl. It is um, Valentine's Day 2023. I hope you have a great one if you're going out to lunch. I hope you got reservations. If not, I hope you brought a sandwich because it's going to be crowded. 20% chance for showers, some early morning fog. Highs of 74. Warm tomorrow, highs of 78. Knocking on the door, a hot Thursday, highs of 80. With a 70% chance for showers. You know, I don't know what to tell you about this forecast because last week we were saying everything's going to be fine for the parades. And it turned out to be anything but that on Sunday. But I'll just tell you what they tell me. Friday, cold and breezy, highs of 52. Chilly Saturday, highs of 54. Warmer Sunday, highs of 64. 74 on Lundy Grow Up, but dry all of those days, Friday through Sunday. You got some big parades Thursday night, so that 70% chance for showers we'll see. And likewise, Wednesday. Uh, it is currently about 60 degrees. If you look at the temperatures throughout the area, Newton, I, Sir Isaac Newton, I thought we'd start here. Um, his first law states that a body at rest will remain at rest. A body in motion will remain in motion unless it is acted upon by an external force. And with that, we welcome in Peter Scharf, adjunct professor criminologist at LSU Health New Orleans School of Medicine. And today we're going to talk about crime in the New Orleans area. Specifically, should we, um, should we, ha- would it have been easier to not let this get in motion in the first place, and then is, hard, is it harder to stop when it comes to crime once we do? How you doing, Peter Scharf? Hey, Tommy. Thank you for the introduction. Tell me um, where we stand since we spoke last. Oh, we have another four murders, five people shot, non-fatal injuries. But what, what I wanted to go through with you is, is kind of the five-year trend. And, you know, it's a miserable five years, to be honest, obviously. Um, You know, John Kennedy, the president, when he was an undergraduate at Harvard, he wrote a book called Why England Slept, about how, you know, the English and the Allies slept and the Germans almost overran them, uh, you know, in 1940. And uh, the same thing I think is true here. Did we sleep, all of us, and I include myself, I was a facilitator in Cantrell, Mayor Cantrell's uh, transition team, so uh, with Michael Hecht and some of the John, John Caswell and some of the people who are still active. And I think we all kind of, we didn't, nobody at that time would have thought that uh, murders would double, 124% increase in the next uh, five years. So, what happened? How do we miss it? And, uh, you know, and, and it, it, it's, it, it's in some ways a mystery to me why we didn't pick it up, why we didn't recognize it, and how we got ourselves into this situation. You know, a lot like England did at the onset of World War II. 
You know, one thing that Hello. I think is is interesting, Peter, if I may jump in here, is sure, that the please. first thing that happened is Michael Harrison goes to Baltimore where he seems to have be doing a pretty good job. Baltimore, New Orleans, from everything I hear, are two cities that got a lot in common. Um, and maybe we had the guy here all along and ran him off. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I mean, Michael was a class act. And, you know, and then, you know, loved the one we were with, right? Yeah. And then Sean, you know, he brought Sean Ferguson in. And then all of a sudden, now people are wondering about how well he did as a superintendent. There's very little doubt that Michael was on a roll. Um, again, murders went from 200 to 119 in the decade from uh, 2010 to 2019. In 2019, we were 13th in the country in murder. Now we're one. Right. So something flipped. See, but I think that and, says uh, a lot, Peter, you, as far as Mayor Cantrell goes. It's like, well, you got the guy. I don't know what the politics of this were. I don't know if there was a conflict internally. You said that um, you, that you were involved. You know, what is in statistics type one, type two error where something's wrong and you don't do anything or you do something and nothing's wrong. And it seems like this is just the first uh, unforced error of the Cantrell administration. Well, I, I agree, actually. You know, and there was a little bit in the Palace Guard kind of trial by gossip, you know, with several people. And, you know, there were people who were in and people who were out. And somebody went to Michael, I think, and said, you know, don't get too comfortable here. Things could change. Mm -hmm. And he took the job in Baltimore. And he had tremendous loyalty among the NLPD officers, sworn officers. And to lose a guy like that who had strong confidence, great training, uh, you know, master's degree, very, very strong leader, uh, was a, a, a huge one of many of the things that happened. I wouldn't say that was the only thing, but that definitely affected it. You asked the question a couple of weeks ago, if Michael Harrison were still chief instead of chief in Baltimore, would we be in this predicament? And the answer is, I don't think so, but I'm not sure. Yeah, well, he, he would have continued, you would think, to build upon what he was doing. And the other question is, how much is the mayor involved and how much was was why in the world, and we can pick it up here we come back, if that was the case, does the mayor want to run the police department? Did Chief Harrison not get along with that? Is that where the the internal squabble began and Chief Harrison said, you know what, uh, maybe it was a mutual parting of the ways where he didn't want LaToya fooling with the police department? I don't know. It just seems like that was the first big mistake of the Cantrell administration. We're talking to Dr. Peter Scharf, adjunct professor criminologist at LSU Health New Orleans School of Medicine, taking our deep dive into crime as we do every Tuesday morning. Happens to be Valentine's Day. Enjoy that. Right now, time for WWL Traffic. 625, Tommy Tucker, WWL, talking to Dr. Peter Scharf, adjunct professor and criminologist at LSU Health New Orleans School of Medicine about crime in the New Orleans area. Peter, before we went to break, I you know, asked you about Chief Harrison, and, and we weeks ago I asked you would the crime problem be as bad, and nobody really would know that. It would be speculation. But you said you were there. Was there conflict between Chief Harrison and the mayor about 
the mayor wanting to get involved with, as she said a couple of weeks ago, her department, make no mistake about it, on Face the Nation, she runs the department? Yeah, well, that was a piece of the rumor. There were also, in 2019-20, there are two big things that happened that, you know, you have to look at, too. And this is where it really gets challenging. The audience, I hope, really thinks it through, too, because you have COVID and you have George Floyd. Mm -hmm. So George Floyd's killed by the Minneapolis uh, police officers. uh, And, you know, there's a huge outcry, kind of an anti-policing movement. And then the uh, second thing is COVID, that New Orleans, the courts were closed uh, and for a long period of time. And uh, everything was going slow. So, you know, I don't think you can only, none of these things are single decisions, mm-hmm. but the administration, a lot of ways, I think, got snake bit by these events. And the question of, maybe the question about Mike Harrison is, would he have reacted uh, stronger, quicker, better? Mm-hmm. And that's a fair question, sort of how did this all get handled? And the, uh, what, how good a job did Sean Ferguson do? I Wait, think it's a fair let me, question. Let me, go, let me go one second. Let me break two of those things down. COVID. COVID led to an increase in crime. Why? Say, say that one more time, Tommy. You I'm said sorry. COVID. COVID led to an increase in violent crime and murders. Why? Well, because the one the courts were closed. So you had people with long records who never got adjudicated by the system because the courts closed down. They were released or? Right. So that's one factor. The second, you know, know, it just slowed the operation down. You're so worried about COVID uh, and and the risk to the officers, the risk to citizens. Didn't more people, didn't more police officers die, Peter, of COVID than violence? In 2019, around the nation, in 2022, I think, whatever the years were, you can look that up, but I'm pretty sure that's accurate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, 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 you know, this is before the the later remedies. Mm -hmm. But the, 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 you know, people, you know, now the excuse that we're number one in the United States uh, in murders was because of COVID. No. That's silly, I think. Yeah, because COVID was all over. It wasn't just here. Right, exactly. So why does one city go from... 13th in the country to one, and others kind of stay in the same rank, though maybe increase. And let me jump in, Peter. We only have a minute left, but tell me George Floyd, because that led to an increase in violent crime because the police were afraid to interact with criminals or what? Yeah, I I think it was a deep freeze for uh, patrol in the sense of, you know, know, are you more afraid of... uh, the prosecutors in the courts or of the criminals. And I, and I think that people, the police all around the country became extremely cautious. But then, you know, other cities seemed to do better in handling that tension than we did. And then, and then I think we stuck for a long time saying the reason we went from 119 murders to uh, 265 and 280 homicides was because of of George Floyd and COVID. You know, that excuse expired long ago, 
but we're still on the upward path, or at least steady state. We don't know where we're going to go. So uh, it, it, I think, it was a factor, but not an excuse the I, way I see it. I quick break. We'll come back, pick it up here when we return with Dr. Peter Scharf, adjunct professor, criminologist at LSU Health New Orleans School of Medicine, as we take our weekly deep dive into crime. Right now, time for WWL First News. For that, we go to Ian Ozan. 643-17 before 7, Tommy Tucker, WWL, Valentine's Day 2023. Wish we could talk about something happier, but crime is a big issue in New Orleans, and we take our weekly deep dive on Tuesday mornings with Dr. Peter Scharf, adjunct professor criminologist at LSU Health New Orleans School of Medicine. Peter, the floor is yours. Hey, uh, remember the George Clooney uh, movie, The Perfect Storm? Sure. This, this was a perfect storm. There are two other factors we have to discuss, okay? One is the attrition of police officers, and Mike Glasser has been very articulate. He saw it early. Hey, we're losing our force. Now, this started in the Mitchell Andrew administration, and my friend uh, Ronnie Serpas uh, wasn't pleased with Mitch when he wanted to cut back on police hiring, and that occurred so it wasn't only this administration this began then. The second thing is, to be very crude, they kind of went woke in some ways, and they went ultra-progressive. We don't need cops. There's a guy, Josh Cox. Remember, he was the director of strategic initiatives, and he they, they really attempted with, you know, and I assume good intentions, to run control crime without with, with less emphasis let's say the oils were going to have police and then there's a very interesting question tommy did that shift in emphasis did that affect attrition my hunch is it did but i can't prove that scientifically so you know there there are at least five factors that got us to where we're at and now the question is and then we hit last year 280 homicides, 265 murders, number one in the United States by far. So the question is, uh, really, what do we do now? We're in a hole. How do you dig out? Well, let me get to the mayor here for a second with this um, Officer Vappy investigation. And the mayor saying that, um, I'm trying to find a quote here, um, that uh, telling the police you shouldn't talk to the people who are investigating me, that's inappropriate. That's what she's saying, basically, that um, you have the right to remain silent and you shouldn't use it, sending a veiled message, if you will. And they also have the um, a conflict of interest going on with the city attorney. I just don't see how any of this is going to end well um, in terms of police officers remaining on the force or the, the, the club, if you will, that exists, that if you're in a club with Mayor Cantrell, it's fine. If not, then you're out. And and the Public Integrity Bureau is going to make it especially harsh on you. So uh, I don't see any reason to think that anything's going to get better with LaToya at the helm. Am I missing something, Peter? Well, uh, I mean, you have to ask that question. You know, uh, you know, can this administration turn it around? I really hope it can. But I, I have the same questions. I mean, you know, the, the other thing is, what was the impact of all of the compromises, scandals, whatever you want to call them? 
uh, on police morale, police attrition, and ultimately the inability to control violent crime. And that's an ugly question in some ways or a difficult uh, question, but it's there. You know, so again, that's the probably sixth factor that, you know, uh, contributed to where we are now. And, you know, and the question, you know, I think you're asking is a fair question. You know, can we turn it around? I think so. Can this administration turn it around? And that waits to be seen. They're going to have to do some things, I think, very different. And, uh, you know, the, the I control the police force statements, you know, in different venues is, is you know, again, one, we have this issue of a new chief. You know, we're, we're going to do a national search, according to the people of city council. Now, the, the real question with that is, who's going to apply? Mm-hmm. And if the mayor is saying, this is my police force, right? Uh, you know, are you going to get the best people in the country to apply and take the job? Peter, I got to tell you, and when that, she was on Face the Nation, I said, if you remember, that I thought she was in essence trying to poison the pool of candidates by saying, okay, we'll have a national search, but you know what? <laughs> I'm going to torpedo it at this juncture, so nobody that we want really to be the chief is going to apply, and I can wind up with my own person in charge. Well, I don't know. I'm not sure. Who knows? Okay. But the, 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 the impact could have been what you're suggesting, you know, that, you know, there's a separation since the 40s. The Wickersham Commission tried to separate policing from politics. And, and you know, and, that, and that's been the main trend to make this a profession. So if you're an extension of politics, you know, again, the, the best police officers won't play, you know, to be blunt, you know, and you can, dis- you can discourage applications. So uh, now, now where, are we at? where are we at in 2023? We have an interim chief, Michelle Woodfork, who, you know, I'm hearing good things about, actually. Mm-hmm. But it, it does she have the distance? from all of the dynamics within the NLPD. How could she, Peter? To... The right. mayor appointed her. This is the mayor's handpicked selection. How could she have the distance that's needed? Or would any chief well, be, or would any superintendent have the distance that needed? Or going back to face the nation, is that what the mayor's saying? That, look, you work for me. And I'm going to run this department whether you like it or not. And maybe as a result of that, it seems like she's got her favorites. She doesn't have her favorites. Talk to me. Yeah, no, I, I, and I think this is a question that a lot of people are asking. And I, I think one of there are a bunch of things, reforms we need to effectuate in 2023. One is to, you know, restore the sense of professionalism in, in, in the command ranks, I think is very important. The second is counting straight, uh, you know, sort of, you know, and I think the murder numbers are reasonably objective, but I think, you know, are the other numbers, and it isn't like somebody's faking the numbers, but, you know, you know, we need absolutely objective counting to know if we're getting better or worse. And I think that's very important. 
the other thing is uh, we've got to recruit, and you've got to recruit a different kind of police candidate than we've ever had. They, they're brighter, more technologically savvy, more interpersonal. Right, wait, let me, let, me, more- let, me, let me take a break here, Peter, because let, let me just run this by you, and you can answer when we come back, okay? Uh, we want a better candidate. Um, we are competing with other countries or other departments around the country who themselves have problems attracting candidates. Um, we have the problem with the Public Integrity Bureau, and uh, Michael Glasser will tell you the biggest recruiting tool, or somebody told me this, that you can have is officers that are on the job. Uh, so it seems as though, currently, so it seems as though we're looking for the best of the best when we can't even get the average officer out there to apply and come to work for NOPD. So it all seems like pie in the sky to me, but you can answer when we come back. And I think it always comes down to more police officers, and I don't see that happening anytime in the next five, ten years. Maybe I'm wrong. You can tell me 651, 9 till 7, traffic now, WWL. Couple of minutes left here, 656, 4 till 7. Tommy Tucker, WWL, talking as we usually do every Tuesday morning. Dr. Peter Scharf, adjunct professor, criminologist, LSU School of Medicine. So, Peter, if nothing changes till we get the fours up to numbers, if we're looking for a different type of candidate, the best and the brightest, and there are the problems with uh, Mayor Cantrell, Public Integrity Bureau, we'll talk to Captain Michael Glasser in a minute, this just seems like pie-in-the-sky foolishness that's never going to happen. Tell me that I'm wrong, please. Yeah, no, no, no. Ronnie Serpas is a pretty shrewd cat you know you know he said get used to it we're a police department of eight to nine hundred not sixteen to eighteen hundred and you know he may be real i I think he's a shade pessimistic but not much Mm -hmm. you know is is one view and then you know the, the the you know people like to play for winners it's true of basketball players and police officers you know, when they're down in the dumps, they're getting criticized from all sides. Um, it's, you know, is this where, what's the future? Uh, and, and sort of the political internals that you referred to, you know, do you want to trust your career to those kind of dynamics? So, you know, to get, you know, I think you're absolutely right, to get the best and the brightest, uh, you need one great marketing, and a great department. Uh, the last time John Linder was here, he came up with a great slogan. They put it on the buses. This is when we went from, I think, 600 in the middle of the early 90s when they fired everybody for corruption and the, a bunch of people and then built it back up, you know, you know the uh, miracle of the late 90s. Uh, and the phrase was proud to call it home. Mm-hmm. And they put it on the buses, you know, and people, I, I remember the people, would, these cops would argue who had the best police captain. Uh, and they'd argue uh, Ronnie Swain or whoever it was, uh, uh, Linda Buchik, you know, and, you know, and, and that's what you have to have. You have to have high sense of pride, high sense of cohesion, high sense of morale. And we're a long way from that right now. And then you're stuck with um, uh, Ronnie's conclusion, Ronnie Service's conclusion, which may just be reality, that we, we have a, we're a 900-person police department. Uh, 
and there are a bunch of factors. National, a lot of places are having trouble recruiting. Uh, you know, uh, you know, salary differentials, private enterprises booming. So I'm going to go work for a high tech company instead of the police department. Uh, and uh, you know, but that, but but we we got to fight through this. Build build the department up. The other thing is. You need a community emphasis, and you know, I'm working with we can group pick it people. Up. We can pick it up here next week, Peter, and talk about that. But it just seems like every week, same old stuff. Nothing ever changes, and we keep talking, and crimes keep happening. We'll be back, WWL. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 